Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and I'm very pleased to be joined now on the program by Heather Davis, who is the uh, director of the Adult Autism Center, adultautismcenter.org, uh, to talk to us about this crucial thing. We we saw a lot of uh, chatter recently. There was an article in Politico talking about how people with autism uh, have never had more resources, more support, except for when it comes to employment. And I wanted to get Heather on the line to talk through what are some of those resources that are available uh, for these very important members of our community. Heather, thanks for joining us today. Yes, thank you for having me on. Um, some of the resources that we've identified for adults with autism is working with um, vocational rehab. So through the Department of Workforce Services, you can reach out to them and they will help you in identifying jobs that may be appropriate for adults with autism and then also link these adults and their families to job coaching services because what we found is many times um, because of the impact of autism and social and communication skills, adults need support when they start a new job and they need a liaison to go between them and the employer to make the start of their new job is successful. Oh, I think that's so important, those social skills and having having someone as a coach, a guide, a mentor uh, to help them through that. As you look at some of the barriers that adults with autism face, what are some of those other challenges that business owners and employees should be looking at and thinking about uh, in terms of bringing them into their workforce? So I think in the beginning is the interview process. So again, because of the communication, social skills, and sometimes because of their repetitive behaviors, they don't always do great in interviews, and they're not going to be the shining star that comes in and has all the answers to your questions. So we've looked at more of a work-based typed interview. So we go out, we find jobs that would be great for our clients. And we come back and we train them on the, how to do those jobs in our clinic. And then once they demonstrate to us they're able to do these jobs, then we let the employer know and that they're ready to start. And they go back out and they are so much more successful because they know how to do the job day one. But oh. we're really trying to avoid that interview process because that typically doesn't highlight their skills that they do have. Yeah, oh, I, I love that. And I that is just so important for everyone to think through. We, we get our little systems, we get our interview processes all set up, and not everybody is uh, attuned, and not just uh, our friends with autism, but uh, many others struggle in different aspects of interviews. And I, so one, I think it's just a, an important message in terms of assess your hiring and interview process. You, you may be asking the wrong questions to the wrong people in the wrong way, rather than focusing, as you said, Heather, on on the work itself, the job to be done, and uh, doing that just a little bit different. Yes, and I think also realizing you're probably going to have to make some workplace accommodations, and those can range in varying degrees where maybe it's just reducing some of the noise level or finding a quiet space for the person to work up to, you know, allowing the 
um, employee to take extra or longer breaks. I know a recent survey of employers in Utah found that they are not willing to make a lot of these workplace accommodations. So that, again, is a barrier and really um, impacts finding jobs for some of these clients who are more severely impacted by autism and maybe have an accompanying intellectual disability. So I think it's really important if we want to integrate adults with autism in our community and if we really want to change the way that we are um, looking at this is we have to be willing to make these accommodations and change some of the ways that we do our interviews and some of the ways that we interact with our employees. Yeah, and and businesses uh, should know that uh, adults with autism have some extraordinary skills. They can be a crucial part of your team uh, and your team culture, uh, and it is just going about it just a little difference. And sometimes it's just very minor little differences. Some businesses may say, oh, we can't make big changes or we can't do big accommodations. The reality is most of them are not that significant, and the value that you get back by having someone, an adult with autism, in your, your employment and, and in your work team uh, can really make a, a huge difference. We know that this summer, uh, President Biden, as part of uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act, announced uh, that the administration was going to strive to significantly increase the employment rate of adults with autisms and uh, autism and other uh, developmental difficulties. Uh, have you seen anything in terms of resources uh, from the federal government or things coming in in terms of awareness or grants or funds uh, that are being helpful there? At this time, we haven't seen an increase um, uh, besides anything that's already available through the state of Utah, and currently that is really going through um, Department of Workforce Services using their vocational rehab department, and then also the Department of People with Disabilities, DSPD. um, They also can provide some job coaching services once vocational rehab no longer pays for that after two years. So those are the current funding sources, and we haven't really seen or heard a lot of new information in this arena. Okay. And and what are some of those strengths? I just want to highlight for some of our business owners and some of our hiring folks out there uh, that are listening, what are some of the strengths that adults with autism bring to the the workforce and the workplace? Yeah, they're very dedicated. So once they learn a task, they are very dedicated at staying on that task and learning it to the best of their ability and completing that task from start to finish. They show up on time and they are typically happy and engaging and want to be a part of the community. And I think just giving them this opportunity to get out of their house and be around typically developing peers and be in a place where they feel welcome and invited is a great impact and can really improve their social um, well-being also. Yeah, I, I think that's Heather Davis, director of the Adult Autism Center. Again, adultautismcenter.org. And the thing I love most uh, about organizations like this is our friends with autism uh, are very skilled. They're very talented. They're extraordinary individuals and souls. They're great team members. They're not simply liabilities to be managed. They are assets with immense potential to make a difference in our communities, in our neighborhoods, and in our businesses. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us for hour number one of Inside Sources. We'll be back hour number two coming up next on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. 
In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.